You're listening to the Arcade Worlds podcast, where we're chatting all things gaming. Welcome back to the Arcade Vaults podcast, week three. We are still going. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here with Tom. How's it going, everybody? You're still here, still rolling. Still rolling. Yep, still going, Wood. We have um, we have lots to talk about this week, and uh, we also <laughs> yeah. have not just one guest, we have two guests on this week. Um, introducing Pillbug. We have Sean and Dave from Pillbug. They um actually you know what introduce yourself guys you tell you tell the world all yeah. about yourself tell us your story yeah wow our story okay wow yeah do you want to start dave no you can start okay I, I, yeah i'm sean <laughs> um so well me and dave we we run pillbug interactive which is a, a very very small game studio in wales we're both full-time university lecturers and do the game thing kind of in our spare time yeah and dave's also a writer <laughs> oh yes i forgot about that yeah um I can testify that they, they they have made some good stuff. Um, I, we'll talk about this later. I have questions. Um, BAFTA nominated as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, which kind of at the moment kind of feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it, Sean? Yeah, but, um, that, that's like wow. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when was it? That was two, a year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know about you guys, but I have no sense of time right now. And no. like, just, yeah, anything yeah. like that happened last year is like so many years ago. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a strange time for all of us, uh, especially when, um, especially in the games industry. I imagine I know a lot of people are working remotely, but it's kind of like, I guess, you got, you got the one side where everyone's kind of set up to work remotely. I guess but same running computer, but then at the same time, it's just such an unusual scenario. Probably not, mm-hmm. not everyone's going to be uh, comfortable in it. I guess. No, and I, like especially like the big AAA studios, they need such computer power to do anything mm-hmm. that working remotely, they can't use their desktop PCs to do stuff. We're we're quite lucky because we do very small things that well, we work at home anyway, for mm-hmm. for pillbug stuff. So it hasn't really affected us. But I know, like the bigger studios, it is a real difficulty. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Well. Um, We'll talk more about that later, I'm sure. But thanks for coming along. Uh, you can help us talk about all the interesting things that have happened in the industry this week. And there has been a lot. So uh, let's start with the top stories this week. Right. So where to start? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Tom and I are quite big Sony fanboys. So we'll we'll get to that in a second. There, there have been... <laughs> Other things happening this week, so we will just touch on those briefly uh, before we get into the meat of uh, the PS5 announcements. Um, so uh, we're, you know, the arcade vaults are all about retro, and uh, a few people have actually brought this to my attention. But uh, Command and Conquer, uh, a very classic real-time strategy game, uh, if you haven't played it, it, was remastered this week for PC. Um, it's been getting great reviews, and a lot of people are in love with it. Um, I like 
I like to think of myself as a real-time strategy player, but I don't think I'm just good enough. I haven't got the ability to micromanage on a scale, <laughs> so I never really well, got into Commander Contest. I mean, I don't know. Have you guys come across Commander Conquer in any form before? I mean, I've been playing it all week. Um, oh, right. It's, it's, I, so the thing I love about Command & Conquer is that it was the old RTS games where all you did was drag a big box around all your tanks and then click on the other side of the map, and that's as, as strategic as it gets, yeah, and yeah. I love that. And I feel like at some point, real-time strategies like left that kind of really just basic fun side of things so it's oh it's just like it's the most amazing game like uh, it's just it's like a warm cup of hot chocolate or something. <laughs> like, it's just it's like real comfort food gaming for me so i, just, I mean go on sorry 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 i was just gonna say sean was so excited by the release of that remaster that we normally take turns uh to bring a game to our um kind of developer stream mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. we do weekly uh, and he he insisted that he took my turn uh, to bring that game and play it on the stream. So so like that's how yeah his level of excitement was it was kind of it was kind of sweet to watch that stream actually it was like seeing Sean as a you know young teenager. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll post a link to your stream in the uh, in the, all the descriptions for our uh, for our podcast so people can see you guys because uh, you do stream as regularly as we do and uh, I think your game selection. It's probably at the moment more more uh, exciting than ours because I don't know how I'd be able to stream Command and Conquer because I'd be rubbish at it. I don't think anyone would watch it. <laughs> I didn't get past the first mission. Okay, well, yeah. Tom, you ever got into RTS games? I can't. I don't. Like, it's one of those. I, th- I remember going to my cousin's. So many video games. I remember going to my cousin's house and he was playing them. And it's something that it's one of those games like you like I know it like I can picture the title and everything in my head, but I didn't really remember what it looked like until I was watching the Gorilla Collective sort of presentation that they were doing, and they had a bit with I want to say it's is it Kane one of the characters in it? He's a villain in it, and they had the the guy that plays him in it, and he was kind of introducing it, and then it started running through the sort of the remastered animations of mm. like different things and different stuff transforming. And it was suddenly me going I didn't think I remembered any of this, but I'm seeing it all in front of me, and it, it starts kind of triggering all the memories. So, yeah, a little bit, but not a huge amount. Not enough for me to think about it without that being kind of prompted out of me. You know, you have to kind of coax it out. Age of Empires, I remember playing a lot of. Yeah. But Command & Conquer just looked too complicated for me. I think it was just intimidated. As a young yeah, that's, that, that's the know. thing. I, I find a lot of them intimidating. I, I used to, When I was at university, that was what peak Command & Conquer release time, and all my friends used to play it, and they were like clicking here and doing this and that and I was like what are you doing the closest I've got it always looks like there's so much yeah yeah the closest I've got to it was um, what was the war one Uh, not um, I can't remember what it's called my brain has gone blank this is how old I am now it was uh, the the real time strategy war game you know it was first world war you you played as soldiers it's not the total war it's not combat not commandos Um... oh you're not um, oh uh, there's so many oh man It'll come back to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the neurons as well. Yeah, a bunch of old no. men try to remember something. <laughs> <laughs> was it close yeah. combat? Like, there was close combat. Was like the weird. There was a weird like Microsoft made RTS game that came out like on Windows ninety five. That was a really weird thing because it was, it was made like an old Windows ninety five like application with like a file. Like like the game had like a file menu in the top. Like a the weirdest thing. I, I I'm, I'm pretty sure it that. wasn't quite that old. It was. It was no. not come on, It wasn't come on, It was. Um, uh, I'll, I'll come back to me come later. Into, I've got. I've actually. St- sorry. What was that? 
Company of Heroes? Company of Heroes, that was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Company of Heroes. Who's going to get there eventually. Who's bound uh, to get there eventually. That, I spent a lot of time <laughs> in that game because it, was, it, wasn't, it, wasn't RTS, it wasn't RTS heavy in the beginning. The first iteration of it, it was really light mm. and easy to play. And then it got, as, it, as they added on, and there was expansions, it got a little bit more complicated and they had more units. Mm. And it, you know, Right at the beginning, though, it was right at my level. So I, I, yeah. I, I like that game. Mm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, Command and Conquer. So it's good then. Recommendation? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Buy right, it. Okay. Like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, it's, it's great. All right, okay. Um, the other bit of non-Sony news uh, is there was a... Um, so I don't know if you guys are Potter fans. There was a, uh, there was a Harry Potter RPG game that was rumoured quite a while ago, and I think they've been denying it, and then they've been saying it's coming out. Now, there was another leak last week, and uh, it looks like it uh, is a real game, and it's got lots of stuff happening in it. Now, I, I confess, I'm not that excited about a Harry Potter RPG game, I don't think. But I can see Tom's nodding his face, and I he's really like, <laughs> he's really excited. <laughs> Maybe I'll let Tom talk about this one. Tom, go ahead. Yeah. So I remember, I want to say it was a cinematic trailer that leaked a while ago, but it was a proper early cinematic trailer. I remember thinking, oh, that sounds really cool. And then it just going dead completely. We've not heard anything out of it. But I feel like that's that's kind of the theme with a few different Warner Brothers properties. And I'm just looking to see who was involved with this in terms of studio-wise, because we've actually not heard anything from, like, so the Batman game that's been in the work for a while we've not had anything about that that's been a while is that since real? Because was... isn't there rumours that Rocksteady working on a Superman game that's been this going around for a while heard, yeah. I've heard yeah. that for so a I've long heard time that, and, the, and the, the team that worked on was Arkham Origins are working on a separate Batman game Yeah, but I'm just trying to work out where a lot of these Warner Brothers properties are because this Harry Potter game has been rumoured for a while and I think I want to say it was Avalanche Studios that were involved with it but then also this week, there's whispers that Warner Brothers Interactive, like they, like Warner Brothers, just want to shift that whole unit completely. There's talk mm-hmm. that they just want they just want that gone. So there's like Activision fishing around and stuff. There's like so much going on around it that I don't, I don't know whether or not I should be getting excited. Like you don't know if it's ever going to come to fruition. Yeah. But it's one of those like properties where I just don't understand how we've never had anything other than basically pretty bad movie tie-ins. Like, I remember liking a bunch of Harry Potter games because I was a kid. And then I play, go back and look at them and I was like, oh, no, this is, this is really bad. This is like Shrek the video game. It's, it's just like that. Are you trying to say you didn't like the Kinect Harry Potter game? Did anyone really? Um, uh, no, no. no really I was trying to work out like, oh, what you're saying, like, oh, how do I spin it? No, it was, it was pretty awful. <laughs> but like, I feel like it's just outside of just those core movies... I mean, admittedly, they've got a pretty big West End kind of musical with The Cursed Child, but it feels like a property that's never really been expanded on a huge amount. We've not had a lot from TV but, in there. We've not had a lot of video game-wise. But, but it feels like it's it need a it? world rife for it, right? But does it, this is the thing. You know, does it need it, right? Because it, it seems to be one of those things that had, in my opinion anyway, it, it ended perfectly, you know? There, there's obviously some expansion that you could do around it, but then, like, you know... They've added these Fantastic Beasts films, which are prequels. The Cursed Child yeah. is supposed to be good, but is it? Does it need it? And it's like it, it's just it, it speaks to the whole: is there any original idea left anymore? Because it just feels like you're milking it for all it's worth. A Harry Potter RPG might have been great, 
like in the middle of the book release or the middle of the film releases. But right now it feels like they're just milking it for everything it's worth. And it's just like, oh, do you need I mean, to? Do you, not, do you not think like, I want to say it was IGN did a, like an April Fool's joke a few years back where it was an advert for a kind of auras TV show where it would have been like a darker, grittier, like procedural cop show where they're hunting down auras. Like I remember thinking like, oh, that's a really cool idea. Why haven't we expanded the Harry Potter world beyond just Harry Potter, right? Like, the most interesting thing about a Harry Potter RPG is going, oh, let's not run around Hogwarts. But then I'm pretty sure these leaks have said as well that you're going to go through school. You're going to go all all the way through high school. It's after the books have taken place where you're going to be hunting down, I want want to say, one of the Death Eaters that were tied to Voldemort and stuff. Mm. So it's kind of almost that. What if they made... What if they made Bully but Harry Potter... (laughs) <laughs> yeah. interesting interesting idea interesting definitely idea. don't call it that in 2020 they <laughs> no, couldn't get away with it back no, then they they're not going to get away with it <laughs> I was going to say that can't yeah that's not going to work it's, it's I, interesting I wonder if it's slightly kind of something to do with um, how the IP not necessarily lending itself so neatly to various forms of game genres like I was, while you're talking there Tom I was thinking about like how many different Lord of the Rings games like we have, um, you know, th- through through the decades, pretty much, right? Um, and uh, you know, I just wonder if it's an IP that because you've got the kind of kind of closeness of the boarding school and um, and you know and the and the real investment from a fan from such a strong fandom mm. that I wonder if a lot of studios would would really struggle. I mean, I'm I was thinking like, what what on earth would you make in that space that was both exciting to the fans but also kind of working within certain game genres and you know i the i think rpg seems like probably the one that naturally lends itself yeah. best so yeah um, I feel like if, it was, if it was ever going to happen you'd have thought as much as we joked about the connect like that age of motion control that was there for a while and maybe there's something for vr but when you were waving hands around and things surely if it was going to happen it would have happened then mm-hmm no, it didn't at all. <laughs> like, it just didn't work out. Yeah, I think the, I think you're all right on the RPG front, though. It feels like that whole world of magic generally works better in RPG. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I confess I haven't actually seen the leak myself. I read about it, uh, so I don't know what it looks like. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just looking over it now, and it is, it's Avalanche Software and then WB Game Studio that seem to be working on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I guess I think of like we have a leak and and a week later we hear that that you know Warner Brothers games might be gone completely. So who knows if we'll ever even see it, right? It could just be yeah. lost in the shuffle. You've got to think at this point there must have been a sizable chunk of resources pumped into that. I can't imagine anyone wants to just write that off. Mm, true. I, although wasn't I have a vague recollection? Wasn't there a leak years ago about some other art Harry Potter game that just looked really pants? If I well, I had this vague recollection of seeing like really bad version of like a Ron Weasley or something like that. Maybe I imagined it. Maybe it's it was a like few a stuff... of those, yeah. <laughs> Could be a stuff, stuff of nightmares, maybe. I don't know. I, the, probably, I imagine with something like Harry Potter, the amount of money those films made in the books, there must have been a lot of stop and stands over the years. Yeah, right? yeah, you yeah, think, yeah, imagine right, a lot yeah. of studios could tell us stories about what was going to happen with that game. Mm. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, right now, I don't think anyone cares about Harry Potter, though. <laughs> I think I think this week this week is only one thing that has dominated the news. Actually, two things. Oh, I'll give you one company that has dominated the news. Right? Um, it's been a bit yeah. all about Sony. Um, so first, we'll just 
touch on The Last of Us. Obviously, Last of Us Part 2 has just come out to rave reviews. You will hear more about that in the next couple of weeks from Tom and myself, who just keep going on about this game because we are both going to be playing yeah. it. Uh, so we won't delve into that too much other than to say... Well, I mean, it may or may not have come out by the time you hear this, right? I know the embargo's dropped for the game. Will the game have launched by the it's time? It's a week from now. It's it? a week from now. So the, the, yeah. the, game is, the game is due to be posted out around the 19th, I believe. Um, today, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you, yeah. But the reviews, the reviews are like raving. I mean, I've, I, I can't, mm. we were. Talk, I can't remember the last time we've seen reviews like this. It's been a while. Um, although I think the last time was is either for, we talked about this in we time. It was either Zelda or God of War or something along those lines. God of War. Yeah, did I get think God reviews. of War was probably the last one. Yeah. Which Sony, you know, that well, it's PlayStation Studios now, isn't it? It's not SIE so much, but those guys just studio after studio knocking out the pack. Yeah. I know Spider-Man did really, really well mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it's just, it's great. It's great news. I'm looking forward to it even more now. I've just, just tried to stay spoiler free and it's really hard, but you just have to. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll just, you know, that's good. But the other thing that of course has come off the back of that is uh, the, the, the rumored TV show is getting some momentum as well. So there is meant to be a TV show. They have a, a, a director apparently for the first episode. I don't know how that yeah. works before they've even got a cast or a script, but unless they have, and they haven't told anyone. Well, I think the big thing for a while, because I know Naughty Dog, you've had that Uncharted film that's been in the works for a long time as well, but mm. from what I can figure, I think Neil Druckmann especially has been very, very tight on how that property gets used. Mm. So he's co-writing it with one of the big players in Chernobyl, and it sounds like the person who directed right. episodes from Chernobyl is directing the pilot for this. Mm-hmm. But then I feel like we've gone from Nathan Fillion to Mark Wahlberg to Peter Parker playing Nathan Drake in an Uncharted movie at this point, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Isn't it like a point where? Isn't it like the person who was going to originally play Drake is now going to play Sully? Like it's been that long. Now, that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not so. I'm not so. I, I nothing. I'm, the thing with the Naughty Dog games is, I'm never really sure that I'm interested in seeing those translated to film or TV because they are so cinematic in themselves, and the way those stories are told, they would only really. Well, they seem to only. Their strength lies in being a video game, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. get that level of interactivity. You get that level of cinematic feel, but. In video game form. I'm not sure we need the films. I'm not sure we need yeah. the TV show. It's almost like going back to the Harry Potter thing of like, you sometimes wonder if it works well in this medium, is it going to translate to another medium? Absolutely. And yeah. particularly, it, it's really interesting because like for years, people who are into, you know, games were constantly saying, oh, we want to we, we want to live up to being films. When it, mm. it's got to the stage now where that's, that's I feel like it, the industry's kind of passed that a, a bit. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's going the other way, isn't it? I mean, we wanna, they've got these... They, it's again. It's like we're saying, like Harry Potter. The people seem like think there's no original stories anymore. There are original stories. You don't need to make a story. That world of Nathan Drake and and the Uncharted series, mm-hmm. the world of The Last of Us, those stories have been told. You don't need to yeah. tell them again. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, I don't know. It's different with books, I think, because books. Some sometimes you can do more things with books in in a visual form. But when you've already got one visual form and you're just making it another visual form, it's like. I don't know. That's yeah. I think especially where development is now, where you because again, if you go back sort of ten, fifteen, twenty years, video games were going to struggle to do visually a lot of things that film can do. But 
the fidelity of your graphics and stuff now, oh, the motion capture, the performance capture, it's so good mm-hmm. that I feel like moving a video game, especially something like The Last of Us, into mm-hmm. TV, all you're going to do is pull stuff out, right? I think like Absolutely. last week on the podcast, we talked about we talked about The Last of Us 2 then as well. And I was saying that I just watched The Road, right? And the whole thing of The Road is, yeah, it's this dude in a post-apocalyptic world looking after this kid. The big difference there is it, it's it's his kid. It's not my kid. Whereas when you're playing The Last of Us, inherently, it's going, well, this is this is a girl that you're looking after for. And it's all about building that relationship. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge part of that game. That's going to mm-hmm. get lost. You know, you're, you're standing on the outside looking into that relationship instead of being involved in it when you're watching it on TV. So... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing with video games. It feels like it's constantly sort of trying to prove itself a little bit, despite mm-hmm. making considerably more money and having a considerably more die-hard fan base. I think it's like, what what are you trying to prove? You have yeah. nothing to prove. Here. Absolutely, absolutely. The Academy aren't going to give you an award anyway, so don't worry <laughs> about it. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, uh, we'll I, I, we'll talk more about The Last of Us, definitely, because uh, that seems to be a thing that we do a lot at the moment. It's just the timing yeah. of it. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens yeah. with the TV show anyway. Um, there's, yeah, the whole thing with Sony at the moment is they're just kind of, they're just, they're just kicking it out of the park, really. They have, they did their yeah. postponed um, release, um, uh, State of Play video this week. Uh, if you didn't see it, uh, you can probably find it online. Um, there's, we just I've just been informed reliably that there is a summary video <laughs> of it. Um, there is a it's, it's a couple of hours long in real time, but there's a summary video of it. You can probably find articles. We'll post a link to a um, a website where they've just listed out all the releases, the game releases that they announced. Um, we're not going to talk about every single one of them because there are a lot of them, but um, there are some highlights in there that really excite us both. Uh, that about you guys, uh, Sean and Dave, but Tom and I, while we were watching it, were very some games that are just like mm-hmm. th- th- they opened with spider-man mm. spider-man was the big one um it's not a full game from what we understand it is an expansion on the original game um, i don't know how they're gonna release it. it's probably gonna be a bit like so, a... sorry go on tom so I, I think that in particular that's that's been all kinds of craziness watching them try mm-hmm. and navigate that where i think initially it was just presented as his spider-man miles morales and everyone's like oh is this a new game then I I want to say it was a, it's one of those positions where you know when somebody says something like I don't know if you're in a position in this company to say that with any authority, <laughs> but it was the idea of oh it's an expansion to the game, but it was from like a I think a European executive VP yeah that kind mm. of role I think mm. and so I'm a bit pretty clear afterwards coming out and saying cool this isn't a whole this isn't Spider-Man two it's not DLC it's very much in that kind of Uncharted the Lost Legacy yeah. And, um, mm-hmm, infamous did it with first light as well like mm-hmm. it's that sort of 10 15 hour experience so it's not a huge game but mm-hmm. spider-man's only a couple of years old and it looked incredible then so it i think it's going to be great that so, uh, that popped me that's a good way to open a show and an even better yeah. way to launch a, a console and and the trailer was really effective. that's going to be a huge seller that opening trailer is always really effective mm-hmm. i mean the the whole visual look of what was going on and i know it's a pre-render but it just looked amazing you know just Really, really effective. Yeah. Do, do, do you guys, uh, did you play the Spider-Man 4 game? Uh, Spider-Man 4 game? Spider-Man game? Yeah, I, I, I did. Um, so, like, I remember, like, I just loved just going, like, moving around the city. Yeah. I think it is, yeah. is, is the thing they that was... They nailed it, didn't they? Is yeah, the, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, 
that was that definitely caught our eye on the on the first. I mean, the first one they released. So they uh, they uh, announced uh, there was a bunch more, including uh, Gran Turismo, Ratchet and Clank, um, uh, Project Athena. That wasn't the actual final name of the game, was it? That's their code code name for the game. Um, uh, you can probably Google more about that. Uh, Returnal. That really now that one caught my eye because um, uh, Housemark have been a studio we've been following for a while. Resogun and Star- Super Stardust, two of my absolute favourite games. Mm. Uh, and when they announced they weren't doing twin stick shooters anymore, it was a bit like well, shooters at all, arcade. They, I think the article was arcade is dead. I think that's what they actually said. Arcade, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they released that article about the time we started working on Cycle 28. <laughs> which, is, which is an shooter. arcade game, yeah. yeah, except, yeah. Except, which, it's a great it's... game. Your game is a great game. And it, it, I, I, maybe it's just I'm old-fashioned. I like those arcade shoes, but anyway. Mm. <laughs> Um, so, but uh, I think it's like it was a weird one for them, especially though, because I remember because I Resogun I played to death. They had Super Stardust Delta mm-hmm. on the Vita. That was one of the first games I had on the Vita, and I played that to death as well. Mm. And if, I think they were always like, "Arcade is dead. We can't make any money off of this in terms of the cost that's going into it." Right? I think they were investing a huge amount into these really tight, yeah. polished arcade games, and they just weren't getting the money back. Yeah. I think Alien, Alien. I think the last two they did were Alien Nation and Next. Um, was it Next Machine? Or what was it called? Uh, it they was did the one... some. Is it the platformer they did? It was like a weird platformer type thing. Was that the one they did with the guy who? Uh, what was his name? Uh, another old man trying to remember something. There was a uh, fa- <laughs> famous, uh, uh, famous programmer developer from the old days. Uh, they did a collaboration with him on a game. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that was the game we're talking about. I, I think they both didn't do as well as no. say mm-hmm. Resogun had done. But then, arguably, Resogun did as well as it did was because it was a launch title and it was mm-hmm. free to all users. So I'm not sure. Maybe they're right. Maybe maybe arcade was dead for them or the way they developed it. I don't think mm-hmm. it's dead as a genre in total. Um, but Returnal is the game that they they're coming out of their new phase with, and uh, it looks interesting. Uh, it looks very interesting. I'm not even sure what it is. Mm. I don't know if anyone else does. I feel like at some point, like that, that whole time, I thought, oh, is, is the camera going to zoom back a bit and actually it's a joystick shooter? But it did start pulling back a bit, didn't it? Because yeah. it looked like it was like, because it looked like a cinematic and then it pulled back into like a third person angle. But I'm, I, was, mm. I don't know. Mm. Um, it's interesting though, because it seems to, even the title says it, but it seemed to be about dying and repeating the loop over and over again and that wasn't the only game in the set of announcements that did that because mm-hmm. we'll come yeah. to death loop in a second but it was just like is there a theme going on i don't know i think yeah. that's definitely I mean, I think go on sorry the big thing for me returnal is i feel like resogun had so much energy and so much hype behind it when it came out of the ps4 because it was a launch title and there wasn't a lot else to play but it feels like they've had a relatively good relationship with sony I feel like a lot of game studios, especially if you're moving away from arcade and you're moving into more sort of narrative-based mm-hmm. stuff, potentially, and it looks like they're playing about with story and character and things a lot more. I'm really interested to see what it looks like, and I hope it works out really well because they're a great studio. And I also want to know, I feel like I keep looking at a lot of studios that are working with Sony now and being like, are you just you just want that, that you want that deal, right? You want that Insomniac deal, you want that, you want yeah. that Sony Band deal, like, you want that kind of relationship. But I mean, I think it'll be really good. I think it'll be a really good place for it. Have they 
it was exclusive, right? They've said that it's exclusive to PlayStation. Uh, yeah, as far as I know, I don't know. I haven't anything. I else. would assume it was, but I'm not, I guess a lot of it isn't most of their stuff exclusive in the past. Has it been? I think so. Yeah, I think since Resogun. I mean, I don't know if Alienation. Was Alienation's on a, exclusive the platforms. I know Resogun was a huge one. Yeah, um, but they. I mean, so, yeah, I mean. They didn't start out on Sony. They started out as uh, an Amiga studio, didn't they? Didn't they do Stardust and the Amiga? Did I remember that correctly? I remember the original version of Stardust mm-hmm. on the Amiga. I don't know if that was them yeah, yeah. in the current form that they are now, but mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing for me is it'll be really interesting because obviously Resogun's not... You don't look at that game and think, oh, this is a you know, this is a future AAA blockbuster studio when you think PlayStation, but this retail really could be. Mm. They could be one. They could see a you know a, a lot of hype, and they could be a really big studio for PlayStation going forward as well. So, yeah, it looked cool. It looked really interesting. Yeah. Looked weird as hell as well. It looked weird as hell, and I, I like weird looking games. Yeah. Um, uh, there's 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 a few other weird looking ones. Uh, oh, there's a whole list of games. Well, again, I'll post it. I think mm. there was uh, Godfall. That looked a bit interesting. Which so, one was that? Godfall was. Um, uh, uh, it's the gearbox game, right? It's a gearbox oh, game. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the, uh, the godlike armor. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They had, uh, but then they had some regular-looking games as well, in a, in a bad way. Uh, Sackboy is back. Mm-hmm. Little Big Planet feels yeah. feels right. It's not Media Molecule though. It's um, a different studio, I believe. Uh, is that right? Sumo. Yeah. Sumo. Sumo. Digital, yeah, yeah. Think, Sumo right? did. Um, yeah. Something else as well. Uh, so yeah, that that looks good uh, in terms of you know a nice a nice launch title you know a basic look of basic in the basics and I think Astrobot as well in a similar sense mm-hmm. that's the, uh, yeah. the the thing from the PSVR that started out in the PSVR and now it's moved on um, a new Hitman game that looks yeah. quite good as well which that I'm pretty excited yeah. like Hitman say, on skyscrapers like I want to climb up a skyscraper dressed as a pelican <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it I. I, I have a confession to make. I have never played a Hitman game. And the thing that annoys me is I, I love the concept. I love all the Hitman ga- look of the Hitman games. I just, yeah. I just never got around to playing them. It's like, mm-hmm. It feels like I, I don't want to dive into the latest one. But it looks like Hitman 3 could be a good starting point, I think. I know it's yeah. part of a, a, a sort of like an isolated trilogy, but it looks great. It looks really good. That mm-hmm. trailer was fantastic as well. Really yeah. like, intriguing. I think ever since... I was if they changed it up and started doing those kind of new versions of Hitman. They've been so good and they've been so well received as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're yeah. really like for me, like someone who doesn't have time necessarily to play lots and lots of hours of games. They're the, they make it into very bite-sized chunks. So like the first one, Hitman, the new Hitman one, they released it episodically throughout the year, and it yes, was like you had this that. year of Hitman, and it was just amazing. But people would like they didn't make very much money doing it that way so they went back to like releasing it all in one lump uh, yeah. but everyone was wrong like the, the better <laughs> way was doing it episodically so i'm <laughs> hoping that they, they do that again um but it's really easy to just dip in and, and do a level and and get a high score it's, well, oh, it's so good I, that's what i love about the concept of episodic releases yeah. you know we're all busy people these days youtube seem to be busier than most <laughs> between lecturing and making games and so it, it, it's episodic makes sense in terms of it's, it's nice need to dive into i will say and I've, this has been mentioned before by tom and myself lockdown has had the benefit of allowing us to play through games which uh we haven't before i don't know what it's been like for both of you but um so you know maybe after the last of us 2 i'll get the hitman episodes and play through those i don't know i don't know if i'll have time i think hopefully we're coming out of it soon but anyway i digress <laughs> um 
A couple of other big releases. Uh, so Deathloop, yes, we mentioned this. Right, hang on. Hang on. What? Before we go any further on Deathloop, because I'm looking at the list of games that we've got here, right? You can't jump from Hitman 3 to Deathloop without mentioning Bugsnax. Yes. Oh, yes. Bugsnax is my number yeah. one pick. <laughs> Bugsnax looks... I was watching it immediately being like, this is weird. And there's, oh, from, from the guy that bought you Octodad, like, this is even weirder. This is the best kind of weird. <laughs> I am all about that game. It looks amazing. It's like Pokemon, but you eat the Pokemon and they become your arms. That's... <laughs> yeah. It's uh, just like a fever I confess... the whole... And the music as well. I confess I missed that trailer. Uh, it was one of the ones that I wasn't looking at my phone at. Uh, I have heard that it's a game that people are hyped about because it looks so weird. Uh, I don't know anything about it. It sounds like... It sounds like I should... A lot of my Twitter feed is people going, why on earth isn't the music for Bogue Snacks on Spotify yet? <laughs> <laughs> that little theme song, because it was so adorable. Okay, all right, so Bug Snacks. Uh, I have to mention Bug Snacks. There you go, Bug Snacks. Another one to look out for. Um, Deathloop. I have to. I, uh, this one caught my eye more than most of them, I think, uh, only because it was just the style of the game. And, and of course, you know, Tom and I have talked about um, uh, the studio Arcane. Uh, we're, we're big fans of Dishonored. Uh, and this looks like just brilliant. I, th- I think it looks brilliant. I think it's going to be really interesting, and I hope it's going to be good. Yeah. It's a great concept as well. Um, guy just dies and lives uh, through the same day over and over again, trying to improve and get better and beat the bad guys it's, it's like in a it's dishonored in a time leap right essentially it's edge yeah. of tomorrow meets dishonored mm-hmm. yeah i'm i'm suspicious that there's still an element of that game that we're not totally aware of yet that they're holding on to because you've got so the idea is you've got one night to kill eight targets yeah every time you die you go back you start again and you're just doing that loop over and over again but then you've got this other character that's yes simultaneously hunting you at the same time yeah yeah and I'm still not sure. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just a, an AI that's hunting you, a bit like Alien Isolation. Oh, that no, kind of did thing. You, did but, you not see though? At right at the end of the trailer, right in the trailer, it switched perspectives so that you were it showed it as the other character. Yes. So this is my thing. I'm like, you can play them as well, and whether or not there's some kind of multiplayer element to that as well, like the idea mm. that somebody's hunting and you're kind of hunting them. Mm. I, right, I, I just... feel like they're holding something to the chest. Yeah. Like a, like a Dark Souls situation where you just kind of jump into someone else's game. Yeah. Like, yeah. That could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. okay. I will say on that as well, like with Deathloop. So Deathloop and the other one that got me was Ghostwire Tokyo. So both of those, oh, like, yeah, was it last season yeah. E3 where they showed up on the Bethesda stage, right? I want to say it was Bethesda stage. Uh, yeah, yeah I think so. Bethesda's Bethesda. the publisher. Um, but yeah, like, so Ghostwire Tokyo and... Deathloop, that were both kind of pushed really well. I don't think we knew last year, but they're timed exclusives for the PS5 as well, which is a huge get for Sony. Yeah. They're they're, they're not exclusive. Yeah, you know, they're two big Bethesda games that, I mean, I don't know, I was, admittedly, I was in retail when I was, when, you know, I was in video game retail when things like Wolfenstein came out and stuff, but those games, like the Bethesda first person, that sort of, they're not triple a and they're not double a you know it's not a skyrim game for them but they're still big titles they get pushed really really hard mm-hmm. so you know they're really good ones to kind of fill the library for playstation especially if they're exclusive for a little while yeah all right i think definitely will definitely be a launch title for me if it, if it, hey, it looks like it's coming out if it makes that window yeah yeah it makes that window um uh yeah there's also uh, a resident evil game i don't think there's nothing much needs to be said other than it'll probably be awesome 
Um, yeah, I think that leaked. I think the idea of village leaked a couple of weeks ago. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's been around for a while. Yeah. Um, a new Horizon game. Uh, mm. not, we 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 all knew it was coming. Um, we all suspected it was coming. Uh, I still haven't played the first one. It's on my playlist. It's, this is this is again a thing of time. And don't, don't make a face. Don't make a face. I know how much you love that game. Uh, it's. I know. It's. It's. It's just one of those things. I just haven't got around to. And you know, it's. It's just on my list, and I will. I probably will before the new game comes out. But it. It looks good. I'm. I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Genuinely interested. Um. Yeah. That uh, game was so good. Bigger <laughs> and better Horizon just sounds awesome to me. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it, it's. It's going to be a smash hit for PlayStation. Right, I have no doubt. Um. This is the one title that really. This is the last one that we're going to talk about. Uh, I just can't get my head around. And I think Tom and I talked about again talked about this before. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Five Enhanced Edition for the PlayStation Five. I mean, that why, game... why would you start with that trailer? Like, I feel like I was what just a... immediately disappointed. I actually ignored that trailer at the start. Yeah. I feel like it's that game has been around for so long. I can't believe people are still buying it. Why would you? You want could to buy... get it for free a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, you could. Yeah. I just, I can't believe it. Someone shared a meme that uh, between was it, is it when did two, Grand Theft Auto Five come out? Two thousand eight, I want to say. No, it's not two thousand eight. Not been that long, has it? Thirteen. Thirteen. So in eight, it was something like seven. In seven years, there's been one game, and the previous seven years, there were four games from Rockstar. You know, it was just like. <laughs> It's crazy. I mean, it's still amazing that the, the game has got such a fan base that it will be able yeah. to be released on a th- on a third generation. I, I have a confession. Okay, I'm one of these weird people that like really got into Grand Theft Auto Online. Okay, um, and it's it's great. There's a reason. Like it's it's there's something. It's just crazy. It's just like crazy nuts. Um, they just add like you would every like month they would add new game modes. It's cr- it, they're making so much money, but they're putting so much into it. Um, and that's yeah. probably what they're going for with the think, new yeah. audience, right? They want to get a new online audience. No one's going to buy it to play the single-player campaign through again, are they? I mean, are they? I don't know. Send us, send us your answers. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us if you're going to play it on the PlayStation Five or the, the Xbox One series. Well, I think and, one of the big things X. around this that's worth mentioning, and for the, the reason I was like, "That's a tech move," is they open a conference for brand new hardware with a big Rockstar logo, and that sets an impression straight away and you're like no way and then you go oh no way right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, is, so GTA Online is going to be free for everyone on, on, on the PS5 when it launches Okay. so as soon as GTA Online goes on so the idea that you can buy a PS5 and you can go in and you can just play GTA Online as part of it you don't have to buy GTA 5 like it's mm-hmm. kind of a no brainer what do you think like it's one of the things so i mentioned earlier that i was working you know in video game retail up till well so i've been a couple of years out of retail now but even if you go back two years ago every single week top 10 every week i just don't the, get the it, amount though. of units that we'd shift two mm. years ago of gta 5 and at that point it's five years old it's still stock I, top I steam thinking, every sale right yeah yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. still top I, it's who's playing it? It? Who's <laughs> <here among? laughs> apart from apart from you <laughs> who else is playing it <laughs> It's like I'm at the point where I'm not even shocked anymore. Where no. I think it was, I think it was Ysgearmon from Ubisoft, right? They said a few years ago about the Assassin's Creed franchise before they sort of revamped it. They're like, oh well, you keep making them, and his whole thing was, I'm going to be honest, they keep selling. Like, as long as you mm. keep buying them, we'll keep making them, and yeah. when you stop buying yeah. them, we'll readjust. You can't blame but, Rockstar. Like, yeah. I don't understand. Like, how there are so many people in the world 
right? A finite number of people in the world. And like, then you say, how many people have things they can play Grand Theft Auto V on? Like that shows you, like, it's crazy. Like it shows you how big that market is. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's insane. people are going to be owning it on multiple consoles, aren't they? They do. They have to. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh. So, so, I mean, so for reference, just on that one, I definitely bought it for 360. I definitely bought it again afterwards on the PS3. It's on my PS4. I use it on my Xbox One. I will definitely download it on my PS5. Like, I definitely will. Yeah. Like, it's just really good to be able to go, like, oh, yeah, do you want to just go and do a heist with, like, a couple of friends? Like, yeah, right, why not? Stop I bought it. Red Dead 2 twice because I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I get it. I get, you know, and I, I really enjoyed the single-player game. I know I couldn't get into the online because... I'm an old man and I don't like playing with strangers. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, um, there, there's loads of more stuff to talk about. Well, you know, we're only, mm-hmm. we're only a short podcast, so uh, <laughs> uh, we won't talk about the we games. We will. On about that. Yeah, we yeah. could go on about the games. But what we will do is we're just going to talk about the actual big thing about that whole thing, the, the, the hardware release, uh, the hardware announcement. They finally released footage, and we're going to, we're going to put it on uh, for those watching. Uh, we're going to put the uh, the trailer up, and you can see what it looks like if you haven't already seen it. For our listeners, you'll find a link to this video in the episode description. Now, the first five minutes of it, admittedly, is just a lot of bump of it, just kind of these little glowy ball things kind of flying <laughs> around on screen. Is that how many balls the PlayStation 5 can render? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I was waiting for like a rendered on like remember they did the was it the ps3 they had the weird was it the rubber ducks demo thing where they showed how many rubber ducks they can get into a pool all in one go look how much we can get on screen at one time is that was it is it the 128 marios what was the the gamecube that they had like all the marios (laughs) in the demo i tell you what this reminds me of when you go to the cinema and they do that trailer for like um, how awesome cinemas are, and they do all the uh, they show that bit with the chair is like forming from, it's like that. It's like a cinema the Dolby trailer. Stuff. Yeah, the Dolby stuff. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's um, I mean, you knew that when they started doing this that it was going to be. Oh wait, hold on. This has got to be about the hardware, right? Yeah, uh, like a lot of the previsions that they had always like. To be, so I watched the whole show and the whole thing. Cons- Considering what we've had from a lot of, like, Xbox have done a decent job of trying to present themselves as authentically as they can. So it's very much been, like, what we do now, right? It's been, like, Phil Spencer just from his office. Yeah. This was way better quality-wise yeah. than what I thought it was going to be from PlayStation. And a lot of the previous stuff was really, really cool. Yeah. And uh, you can see it now. It's all, like, they're all doing the funny angles and mm-hmm. little embossed logo. Embossed is the right word? Is that the right word? It's a, word. Word. It's, a word. it's a word. It's a word. <laughs> it's a word, yeah. Somebody on Twitter posted a proper close-up, and I still don't know whether or not it's real, but the, you know, the sort of textured finish that it has on it? Yeah. It mm-hmm. looks like that textured finish is made out of tiny, like, tiny, tiny little um, sacred symbols. The triangles and circles and X's that mm. they had. Like, it looks like it's all sort of built in like that so all the little details look really really cool they've done a good job on it Mm -hmm. i have one question did they design the unit with the disk drive first or did they forget (laughs) and then have to redesign one of the units to put a disk drive on 
That's I an interesting exactly uh, thing. That. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it doesn't does... look like it should be there. No. <laughs> uh I'll, I'll throw up a link to the uh the the full set of different uh hardware releases i've got so they showed the, the full video shows uh two different versions the digital only one and the one with the cd drive um and they do it you're right it does look like <laughs> it's been added on um thoughts i okay I, i'm gonna start this I, one thing i might jump in with just because i'm i'm aware that we're gonna have visuals but also somebody might be listening to this as just a podcast yeah. In the video, mm-hmm. they show the control that we've seen. Yeah. The old digital version of the PlayStation Five, which doesn't have a disc drive. Mm-hmm. They have one with a disc drive. Mm-hmm. Then they showed off a 3D audio headset yep. that I guess is going to have a bunch of stuff to do with the uh, the talk that Mark Cerny had about three uh, 3D audio and stuff a while back. A media remote, which is weird. It's weird. I don't know whether that's it's really about. weird, right? Especially um, as we don't the PlayStation have one Five controllers. Yeah, like really bizarre, right? And then the PlayStation, PlayStation 5, Four doesn't have one. Not an official one, no. It's oh, a third no, party I, one. I think you can buy them, but it, I don't think it came... I also don't know if any of this is going to come in the box or, mm. not, or what they're going to do packaging-wise. And then it comes with this little webcam thing, so... So the, ca- the camera's an interesting thing as well, I thought, because uh, it feels like the camera with the PlayStation 4 has really been about... or initially wasn't wasn't about sharing. I know that sharing was now be a big thing. I feel like then it then it became... A thing about the PSVR, it became a partner mm-hmm. to the PSVR, and now that sharing's kind of like stream, people are streaming content all the time. Now I feel like the cameras are important again. So I wonder whether that's why they've changed their position, and now they're going, okay, well, let's launch the camera. But then, why not the PSVR as well? Why is the PSVR kind of felt felt a bit left off? Because I thought the PSVR would be a linchpin for the launch. I just I'm finding I'm curious about that. Mm-hmm. The 3D audio headset that kind of ties into that as well. That feels like well, okay, you can buy 3D audio headsets. For, from anyone why are they doing that it's, it's some curious I, choices about what they've shown yeah did, did you watch the kind of tech talk that mark certainly did for the ps5 uh i don't even i don't know if it was a couple of weeks no it wasn't a couple of few weeks it, back is that the gdc but, yeah yeah the gdc one where he like the main takeaways for me when i was watching that and like you guys as developers will know more about this than i do but like that was tech heavy it was really complicated i didn't understand half of what that man said but the main focuses for him in that seemed to be ssds are really cool and really fast for read write and Mm -hmm. we can do incredible stuff with audio and Mm -hmm. they he really pushed a lot of tech stuff around audio Mm -hmm. so it seems like audio is going to be we might not know it yet from a kind of public facing point of view but i think it's going to be a huge huge push for the yeah it was almost weird to see that as a bullet point when they were when they first said like 3d audio is this big thing um you don't i just not it's like like initially i was like what my surround sound speakers is that what they're talking about but then (laughs) then you see that that head those headset and you wonder if you need what that gives you extra um that you don't get um but the ssd like i mean i i went into the I'll be honest, I went into watching the press conference kind of like generally feeling like, like I've got a PlayStation 4 and I thought I'm, I'm kind of thinking the next console I get is going to be an Xbox because I got, I've got Game Pass on my PC. I play mainly PC games. And so knowing that I can play on my PC and my, an Xbox and buy the game once, that's a really big deal for me. But what really got me in that press conference was the Ratchet and Clank demo and what they were doing is they were very quickly streaming, but they, they basically, if you didn't see it, you, you're playing a Ratchet & Clank platformer, and then you go for a portal, and suddenly you're in a completely different level. 
and you're playing for a bit and you go for a portal, suddenly you're in a different level. And that's all down to this SSD stuff uh, that you're talking about, Tom. Like it, the PlayStation 5, the way it can just stream new content without loading, it opens up those. Like, I'm really, like, I'm ex- like, yeah, everything looked nice and looked pretty, but what, what is their new gameplay that you couldn't do on these old machines? And that for me was the first that I saw something I was like, oh, wow, no, okay. Yeah, that's something different. That's something I haven't seen. Um, I thought that, looking at that demo, I, I felt the same way. And it was one of those, again, where I'm not a techie guy. I don't know kind of hardware on that level. But I was looking and going, that looks like it would be really complicated to do. And I think, I mean, interestingly, obviously they started the show with Spider-Man, but I know Spider-Man was a game that they talked about really mm-hmm. early on. In, it might even have been a shareholders meeting that leaked or something like that. Yeah. But the whole thing with Spider-Man was them saying, we have this huge island and you can only move through that so quickly because the hardware can't keep up with how quickly it's having to load everything, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea that with SSD, you just won't have to worry about that anymore. Like yeah. it will load it instantaneously. I mean, so there's the idea that I, I might just embarrass myself here in terms of development-wise. I'm sure you will tell me if I'm wrong, but it's the idea that, cool, if you're looking at a really gorgeous game, you're only seeing what's in front of you and, and the machine isn't having to worry about what's behind you yeah. as mm-hmm. such, and it's not having to worry about what's behind that building, right? And mm-hmm. the idea of SSE going, well, it's instantaneous, so we can probably have all of that all the way around, but even if we don't, it doesn't matter because by the time you turn around, it's that, it's mm-hmm. that quick. Um, and it seems like that's, that's what a lot of developers are saying as well, is that SSD hardware it's not even that it's just traditional SSD hardware. PlayStation has done specific work around SSDs and how these SSDs are going to work in the machine. Mm-hmm. That's really going to push what you can do and what you can render and how quickly the machine can kind of process things. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's, it, 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 I'd, I'd heard about that demo, actually. I forgot to talk about that. But, um, uh, I mean, you, you can look at it, the, the tech specs and the audio specs and all of that stuff and... Uh, Till the sun comes up, because that's what people are going to be doing comparing comparing the two uh, main consoles. Sure. What I'd like to just touch on is what it looks like now. <laughs> there's there, it, there's been I I think it's quite divisive actually. Mm-hmm. I personally I love it. I think it looks amazing. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. But there are a lot of people who think it looks odd. Uh, it's people have, uh, well. For starters, um, now and it is it is a render that we've seen on the video. I don't we don't actually seen the real life one. Mm-hmm. So people have taken the uh, the size of the drive and used that as a as a measure of how big it's going to be and compared it to the other consoles. And yeah. it's comparatively gigantic. And I'm not sure if that's accurate, but it does look big. And that's my only concern. I haven't got space for anything that big. <laughs> if it really is that big, um, but I think it looks great. I think it looks absolutely great. I mean. I don't know. What do you guys think? You know what? I first when I first saw it, especially the one without the drive, mm. uh, it made me think of like those old uh, folders I used to have, that, like <laughs> stuffed full of cards. Like like when I used to play a lot of CCGs. It, it's, and I'm kind of worried that you know, if I was a 15 year old with this, that my mum might try and like tidy it away or something. You know, like it just looks like. <laughs> It doesn't really look like a console, to me, which is, you know, fine. We're pushing the design and pushing the aesthetic. But that was my first thought, which is not what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah I mean, subverting expectations, it's got to be refreshing at this stage when it comes to console design, right? Uh, Sony haven't, I think since the, maybe the PlayStation 2 probably haven't been conventional in their designs. You know, the, play, the PS2 was kind of 
I mean, what is conventional anyway in consoles? But yeah, the PS2 was ridgy and weird and boxy. The 3 was that weird... The 3 was a really weird show. It was like... <laughs> I don't know what you could say about that. The 4 was probably the most... PS4 was probably, the, since the PS1, was the most conventional design they've used, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So for them to do this isn't really a surprise. I like mm-hmm. it. And, um, yeah, it's... Uh, does it go on its side? Yeah, that's I've, a good question. It is a good question. It does. I, it, I think it does. So that, I think a few people, I've seen this on Twitter, the stand that it's got standing up at the yeah. bottom, it can sort of slot it, but it has to kind of hold it up at an angle because of the shape of it. But yeah. It does go uh-huh. on its side. I think there's... Mm. I think there's official images of it on its side as well. Somewhere. I've seen official images on its side, the, yeah. One of the things that like made me most excited was the charging station for those controllers. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like that, that is, yeah. That should, come out, that should come in the box. That should be standard. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to buy that third party because, uh, you know, I don't want to plug it in. I just want to put it down and go away and yeah. then come back and it'll be charged, mm-hmm. right? A standard, yeah. I, the, I actually, I, I like the white. Uh, now, that's a big thing, right? The white has been a bit of a... An issue. People are thinking they want it in all black. Tom, you said you'd probably prefer it in all black, didn't you? I did until I saw this, and they sold me on the white now. Yeah, it's good. They right? have like, yeah, like it. It looks really cool. Like it, it looks really, really cool. Um, yeah. Or I think it does. Don't get me wrong. It looks weird as hell, mm-hmm. but it stinks <laughs> of that does. sort of. It's kind of white. It looks cool, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 It sort of stinks of that sort of PlayStation Three Sony as well, where like after the PS Two did so well, they kind of went. Pfft, we can do whatever we want. You're going to buy it anyway. PS3 didn't work out like that. But with this, it's definitely going to. Like They're going to sell so many of these units. It doesn't matter what it looks like. They can go crazy. But this is this is part of the worry, isn't it? Are they, are they doing exactly what they did with the PS3 now? Are they? Because they haven't announced prices yet. There's only rumours, right? Um, are they going to price it too high? Is it going to be too hard to make games for? I know they talked about backwards compatibility. The PS3 had backwards compatibility. And then they dropped that fairly quickly, didn't they? You know, there's a, yeah. there's there's a few similarities in what happened then. The unusual design, I don't know. Yeah, I think looking at that whole hardware lineup, I think pricing. It's the big whisper as well is that the pricing is at this point just a sort of Mexican standoff between Xbox and PlayStation, saying you go, no you go, you go, <laughs> no you bit, go. Yeah. They're just waiting for each other, right? Yeah, but yeah. I think like the lineup could be. I mean, you've got to assume right. So that PlayStation Five with the disc drive is going to be pricier. The digital edition is going to be a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's one. Maybe there is a premium edition of cool. Here's a PlayStation Five with all this stuff in the box. At you know, you have one at four, one at five, another one at six, maybe something like that. Because mm-hmm. I can't see them packaging all this stuff in one box. Not I think, at a competitive price, anyway. Yeah, I think these consoles are going to be really expensive. Like I, I think that the, the language yeah. both Microsoft and Sony have been using are very much like. We're going to try and make sure there's an affordable option, and you don't yeah, tend to say that unless you know <laughs> this stuff's going to be expensive. And but I think there's a lot. I think it's very different. Like everything, like because we've had the half step consoles, right? So I think yeah. we, I think probably the idea is they're not expecting everyone to go and upgrade. Like you, you look. I think Microsoft's been quite clear on this idea that if you like. That a lot of the games that come out on the the new Xbox will be playable on the current hardware. Yeah. So that they're saying to you, you know, you don't have to go out there and buy stuff, buy this right now. You know, you can um, do it. Uh, you know, don't necessarily need to do that straight away. I think that yeah, I think pricing is going to be interesting. I think it's going to be more than a lot of people think, but I think that's going to be okay because yeah. yeah. 
I think there's so many elements at play as well, right? Where the big worry going into COVID is great. Like, that's going to push the prices up. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. the machines just got more expensive because the whole world just had to stop for six months. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there's going to be a lot of complexity. I mean, I guess the thing from Xbox is it's interesting that PlayStation 5 have had to come out and go, cool. Well, PlayStation have had to say, cool, here's the PS5. Here's the digital edition. There's been whispers about a digital edition of the xbox one x as well Mm -hmm. product lockout is their internal code name for i think right and and people keep saying i know i've seen a lot from specifically tom warren from the verge he said a couple of times that yeah like that lockout news is on its way and that's gonna really shape up what these launches look like Mm -hmm. well like i i imagine the xbox one x especially when you look at their whole lineup and things like their um what do they call it the whole idea of yeah, well, you get a game on Xbox One and and it will work on Xbox mm-hmm. One X or on Series X. It doesn't really matter. It will just work across all of them. Mm-hmm. Xbox is going to be in a really good position. I don't. PlayStation haven't really been totally honest with what backwards compatibility looks like. They've said that most of the games are working on there, but they've been very mm-hmm. coy with the word most. I, I think it's like Phil Spencer is like one of the. I I think Phil Spencer is a great guy and um, head of Xbox, right? So he yeah. he ca- he came in and said like. He's very clear on his messaging and he's very like, you know, we're doing this. This is we're doing what's best for our our customers, um, but also while respecting our developers. And I think that that's been a really refreshing change. I think a lot of people could, you know, a lot of companies could learn from that approach. Yeah. Um, And I think they they might end up having to um, just to kind of catch up to that. Um, But I do think like there's it's less of a console war this time. I feel like it's. these kind of old kind of like fighting stuff is kind of i don't know it seems a little bit less like that yeah hmm are we interesting times coming ahead anyway mm-hmm. uh certainly um right so yeah there's a lot of not of news there on the sunny front to digest and dissect mm-hmm. uh so um yeah read the links and feel free to ask us any questions for next week uh if you have any uh right so we are going to... Oh, by the way, I have to excuse the uh, ice cream van that you just had in the background. <laughs> uh, it's the joys of uh, recording a podcast from home. <laughs> that um, doesn't sound very social distancing. No, no. Uh, anyway, uh, so we're going to talk I'm about... Sure um, we're going to talk about our talking points for the week and um, what we're playing shortly. Okay. Right, so... Uh, talking points of the week. Um, so we've uh, we've got some things that we'd like to talk about. I I'm going to just lean into what we were just talking about with the PS5 hardware. Um, I can't remember the. I, I, I'll be honest, right? I like a sexy bit of hardware. That sounds so weird to say it out loud, but the PS5 is a sexy bit of hardware, and I can't remember the last time I looked at something and I thought, oh, I really want to buy that for the way it looks, you know. I just, you know, and Apple are the kings of this, right? But I just, I just can't remember the last time because Apple have been churning out fairly similar products for a while now. You know, they did that uh, the 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 uh, MacBook, didn't not the MacBook, the um, the the big coney thing. What was that? Um, my brain. Oh, the iMac. The yeah, iMac, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Pro, right? That was quite yeah. nice. But I yeah, uh, so you know, Pro. certainly in terms of consoles, anyway, in gaming hardware, I can't remember the last time I saw anything. I mean, because the Xbox. It's got some great specs and stuff, but it's not. It's not sexy. It's a. It's a, it's a big box. It's yeah. a big box. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's so, a box. Yeah. So, has anyone uh, anyone got any kind of 
things that they've seen that are coming out that look great that you would buy it just on the looks alone because I I find that you know it, I like to be superficial every now and then. I I bought one of those Dyson fans. <laughs> It looked really cool. The, the one, that, the, the ones without the fans, right? The, the, the ones fa- without the fans. The yeah. fans, the fans without the fans. Yeah, I, they are quite cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was always like, why would you spend that much on a fan? And the girlfriend's got her one here at the minute, and mm-hmm. it's really nice. Yeah, it's really good. Like it just looks nice and it's sleek and it's like mm-hmm. a jet engine. It's incredible. So that's actually before we recorded last week's podcast. Chris was like, what? Yeah, there's some kind of hissing or distortion or something like that's that's my fan and i had to like turn it off over the <laughs> yeah that, i always felt like those fans when they first started dropping out i was like oh they look like something they would have in the future like it's just a fan somehow does, and there's yeah. no blades or anything what is this <laughs> i think that's why the playstation 5 is so like it looks like something out of mass effect yes that's yeah. a really good yeah that's a good one so, can you imagine right if you were really to... on the Sorry, go ahead. So, so if you imagine you're in your living room now and you've got your Dyson fan in your corner, you've yeah. got your Roomba on the floor uh, with your PS5, your, your thin flat screen TV, that, that's actually probably the last bit of nice hardware, what, 4K TV that basically looks like it's a picture on the wall, all right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and your, 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 your Alexa in the corner. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? That's, that's, that's the living room from the future that they were talking about in the 50s, right? With all these, we, apart from the robot. Uh, that's all the stuff that. <laughs> that's, that's where we are now. We've actually reached it. The PS5 is peak 50s futurism. It's like retro future. Yeah, it's retro future. Right. That's all that I was looking for. Retro I think, ironically, I, ironically, I think a big part of that PS5 design is the fact that it's just like vented to all hell like you have the kind of shirt collars coming out mm-hmm. and then you've got yeah. the dick in the bottle and there's just fans in the middle just to keep it cool but this is my ps5 look now, I... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really hope there's a big piece of plastic that you get to slowly pull off all the way around the uh the center <laughs> satisfaction the... that yeah that'd be yeah, nice I hope so, yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> um i'm excited just thinking about it yeah um i mean yeah i just wanted to talk about that really i mean it's I, honestly I, I, there's not much else that I had talking points wise. I just wanted to talk about how I mean, great that looks. It's great bit of hardware. That's all I wanted to talk about. <laughs> what I will do on hardware design is I feel like I so especially now I want everything to just be like this like like the monolith from a space odyssey. I want mm-hmm. just like black blocks and that's all I want. Mm-hmm. But when I was a kid, especially, that's when I was like, Oh, everything. Like the Game Boy SP, the Game Boy Advance SP when it was a the clamshell one. I remember thinking that was amazing. The engage. I wanted an engage yeah, yeah. so bad. Hmm. It was ridiculous. It was this weird like phone game fit. It was awful. The PlayStation Vita, hmm. without a flinch, is a beautiful piece of hardware. I stand by that machine. For anyone listening, I just I rolled my eyes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he talks about the Vita a lot. I stand by it. I love the Vita. Well, I think the Switch, like that's such a nice device mm. and like to hold and to look at and to feel. It just... There's something about it that is. That was one of those where I looked at it and I was like, uh, maybe I don't need one. And then like Zelda came out and I look at it and I, I drove all the way to Cafilli to get one because there was only like a few yeah. rounds. But yeah. So the, the Switch lights. Like yeah. I, I have my Switch. I love my Switch. The mm. Switch lights are beautifully designed. Mm-hmm. They just feel and look good and clean and nice. I don't think I've come across one in real life yet. Um, I, I, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the Switch is a lovely bit of hardware. Uh, yeah, is it is it on the same level of sexiness as a PS5? I don't know. 
It's hard to say. Hey, I, beauty's in the eye beholder, right? <laughs> well, interestingly as well, with that question about the PS5 and does it come in black and is it only the white model, it's, I think there are going to be quite a few aesthetically-minded people who have you know, got that kind of setup that you just kind of described from the future, um, or, 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 and they've just got it all in black. And now they're thinking, uh, you know, is this going to, you know, does it play well with others aesthetically yeah. is, is, is my, my question. You know, maybe if you live in a minimalist white bubble, it's, <laughs> it's perfect. But if you don't, like, what's it going to look like with, yeah. you know, because yeah, people do care about that kind of thing. They do, they do. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you think we could start a petition to get like a fake wood grain PS5? Oh. <gasps> <laughs> that that <laughs> is interesting. You know, there's gonna be a whole yeah. there's gonna be a whole cottage industry around reskinning that white part. Yes, right? I think they are. Absolutely. Yeah. And there will be people who are gonna do a wood version of that. I'll be really interested. And we won't know till we've got our hands on it, right? But they made it so easy to slide that bit of the PS4 off to swap the hard drive. It's literally you just slide, yeah, you yeah. just click it. It's really mm-hmm. simple, right? Like, can you just clip that white bit off? Just clip, <laughs> slide mm-hmm. it off, and just swap it out. I go crazy for that. Yeah, there's going to be a. There's, it's going to be very interesting. Would you know? It's kind of weird how it's gone turned around, right? Because wood paneling was just so overused in things, and now everyone wants wood paneling on their hardware. It's Atari's fault. <laughs> <well>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, okay. All right. We'll, uh, we, we, you know, we can talk about sexy hardware all day. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, let's, let's talk about something else. Tom, what have you, what have you, what's your talking point for the week? Uh, so I wanted to talk about, so we had the announcement of the Spider-Man game and we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, right? Where there was a little bit of discontent over, is it the LC? Is it a whole new game? Is it an expansion? And as soon as it came out, like, oh no, it's a sort of 15, 20 hour experience. It's just nice, it's tight, it's concise. I breathed and exhaled so relievedly because like, the idea of having something that isn't another 50, 60-hour game sometimes is really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to kind of have a chat about game length, I suppose, because I keep struggling with it now. And you know, we're all grown-ups. We don't have endless amounts of time to sit at home and play video games all the time like we used when we were kids, right? Like, we're going mm-hmm. into the next couple of months where the last of us should be pretty comfortable but the idea of after that going into ghost of tsushima and it looks like that's going to be a big expansive world then you've got ps5 we've got cyberpunk coming out and uh-huh. i don't know if i can commit any like commit the witcher amount of time to any game again well this is what sean was saying earlier so, yeah, right just sort of what the length of the game is right like what would you mm-hmm. prefer what do you think works what's nice yeah yeah episodic is is that what we saying earlier sean right it, it, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. it just makes life so much easier i I just finished Days Gone, and I sunk so much time into that game. And if it had been episodic, it might have been less annoying because it just—it wasn't satisfying to sit there and have to play. By the end of it, I was just like, "Oh, this game's still going on," do you know. Mm-hmm. And and they shouldn't do that in a game, right? It should. Like, it was, if I was going to criticise the single-player campaign of Grand Theft Auto V, it would be for its length. You can streamline it. You can go straight through the middle and just do the mm-hmm. main campaign, but. It was a bit on the long side. And it felt like it ended. Like, there were so many times where I, like, was like, oh, it's almost done. And and, and then, I, but then I've got, like, 10 other hours. And, and like, The Witcher 2 as well was the same like that. Witcher 3, sorry. I remember, I, I remember this. It's a weird thing. I have a very strong memory of this. It's like, I played Witcher 3 on my Steam Link downstairs. And um, 
my wife Joe would watch it because the story's it's great. Like I, I start to finish, I love the whole thing. I think it's amazing. Um, and I, we were going. It was our friend's wedding. Like, and I was like, oh, I've only got like an hour left. I'll just like I'm just going to finish The Witcher before we head off. I had like 20, 30 hours left. Like I hadn't even like I'd got on. A, I figured I was getting on a boat to some island, and that was it. That was the end. And it was like then it opened up a whole other part of the map, and I was like, oh, that's exactly <laughs> oh, right. Okay, that's exactly what happened with me for Days Gone because I was like, oh, this is good. This is getting better now. This part of the game, and then I was like, oh, I was getting to the end. That's a really good place to finish it. And then this whole new section of the map opened up, and I've sort of talked about this on the podcast before. But I was just like, oh. Do I have to go and play more of it? Okay, I suppose. And it got better again, but it's just like, you know, it's um, Lord of the Rings, uh, the last Lord of the Rings, where it just kept ending and kept ending and kept ending (laughs) and just wouldn't stop ending, right? I mean, uh, I don't know. Um, So I think um, I actually, I was always impressed with The Lost Legacy, uh, the the last Uncharted. That was a good length. It was longer than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but it wasn't too long. It was enough to kind of play in about three, two or three sit-downs, I think, wasn't it, in the end? Well, Maybe that's long. why I was so relieved. Like, I think this is what I said to you, Chris, when we were talking about that afterwards, right, is when I finished Spider-Man initially, and they were like, oh, well, we've got DLC coming, and I was like, awesome, that's great, I can jump in for a few hours of DLC every now and again. I genuinely think I'd be comfortable waiting four, five, six years for another Spider-Man game if every couple of years they were like, oh, here's a 10-hour little chunk of story to enjoy like yeah. i'd be perfectly content with that you know if you think about like, a game that has like the life that gta online has got if they could give me a five-hour campaign mm-hmm. every year or so i know there's a lot that goes into that of course there is mm. but if you're gonna make that massive game it, it, it's that long life right like how much can you get out of it if you don't yeah. know how long your mm. online tale is gonna last just like little chunks i, I take that all day long mm. um so it, you've just what you just said there reminded me so much of something I was going to bring up as like this week Destiny Two announced a whole bunch of new stuff, um, yes. and I I'm really into Destiny Two. It's probably one of the games I play the most, and there are definitely there's a part of the internet who are really angry at um, Bungie with because they they want to sit down and play the game twenty four seven, and they go through the content in like a week and then they're like, well, what do I do now? Whereas I play maybe like four hours a week, and it's fantastic i love it and and like every couple of months they bring out a season pass and i pay my 10 quid and i get another lot of stuff that i can just slowly just at my own pace play and it's like it's like they made a game for me in that that the kind of time i have to put into a game um and like there's nothing wrong if you want to go fully on and play hours and hours into a game absolutely fine but it's it's nice to have those games where i can just do it at my pace and not feel like i'm missing out or falling behind um I think Destiny 2, like, you're, you're spot on where I... So I played a lot of Destiny 2 at launch, and then I went away for a little bit. I played a bunch of it when they went into... Was it Forsaken that they mm-hmm. released? Yeah. Their, their last, like, that was their last big, big one, right? I was like, cool, awesome. Mm-hmm. Went through that. I was like, that was good. And I've only just now gotten around to playing through the Shadowkeep stuff, which yeah. is their, their last one. I'm like, this is great. I can just jump, like, if I want to, I can just run and I can just do 15, 20-minute missions and just hit the grind, and it's fun like that. Yeah. I have little chunks of story coming out. Like they're going to be supporting that game. They said now through to twenty twenty two, right? Yeah, and something said, like, crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're like we're happy putting out these chunks of new content, 
as we go and not worrying about just releasing another game and whacking a number on a box. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm behind that. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. Like the other one that got me was Obsidian Entertainment. They had a, a kind of documentary that they worked on with Daniel Dwyer and the team at like Noclip. Mm-hmm. And they said when it came to doing the Outer Worlds, the big thing for them was we don't think this is going to be as long as we want it to be, but we don't have the resources to make it longer. That's fine because if people are going to finish this game going, ah, I wish there was a bit more. That's a great way to leave people, right? That's, like, that's, that's how it should be. Great impression to leave. And Outer Worlds, spot on. Exactly where I liked it. It was like, great. Just I'm getting to the point where I'm like, ah, I hope there's not another 15 hours here. They go, nope, here's your last hour. And I was like, amazing. Thank you so much. I didn't have anything else to give you. <laughs> so that's been really good. Yeah, so, you know, I, th- I think about um, the Telltale games as well. I always, I th- they might be a bit on the, uh, the other extreme. They might be a bit too short. But when you play, like, say, the whole Walking Dead first season in one chunk, that's that's a fairly mm-hmm. decent length of game. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, not, yeah. it's not taxing. It's not, it's not really, you know, difficult. But it's a good length. Um, the uh, the Quantic Dreams games as well. I I you know I I really really enjoy that kind of narrative story that they told in like Beyond Two Souls and uh, Detroit Become Human. But also, I didn't think those games were too long. Again, good mm-hmm. length, and mm-hmm. you know something that you can play in a, in a weekend with a couple of mates until dawn. Another one, good length, yeah. not too long. Well, I mean, like it's almost a little bit of a shame like we mentioned hitman earlier and how well io and square have managed and sort of doing that and it seemed for a long time i think like, like that's the way that square were going to go with it where there was whispers that final fantasy 7 remake was going to work on a similar release model yeah. right mm-hmm. and part of me is again like i i really enjoyed the final fantasy 7 remake but i did again i found myself in parts kind of going through side missions and stuff and going I don't want to do this. Like, I want to get through the story. I know I missed a bunch of that game. Whereas if they'd have given me a chunk here, a chunk there over the next few years, I probably would have enjoyed that more. I probably would have experienced more of all the work that they've done in that game. And by the time I get to the end of it, we're probably closer to the next part of that game then, you know? Well, the last game I remember actually enjoying the side missions on was Spider-Man on the PS4. I actually... Yeah. You know, I've never, I've never mm-hmm. really, I, I just, you, you know, before that was probably Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Uh, otherwise, they just, you know, they're just tedious. It's like I don't need to go and pick up this thing to drop off at that thing and do it again and again and again. Spider-Man made it very because all the side missions were really kind of short, weren't they? And very, mm-hmm. very concise. And I don't know. I guess uh, that's probably the but last. There's an art to to getting that perfect point where. Well, just as it starts getting monotonous, that's when you stop, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I imagine it's a really tricky thing to work out. Yeah. Like, I mean, we mentioned Destiny earlier. I think Destiny worked really hard at getting that balance right where yeah. there was a point where if you wanted to upgrade to the thing and it called Infusion, and it's a way to upgrade your weapons, essentially, right? The whole thing's bananas. Like, it's just... such a... Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. They've gone so back and forth where one minute, it's really easy to do. You're like, oh, cool, I can just do that whenever. And you start kind of burning through it. And then they change it a little bit. And all of a sudden, I'm like, this is going to take me hours to do this really basic thing. And I feel like now they've managed to hit that sweet spot. Mm. It's tough to do well, I think. It's tough to do right. And you probably don't know that it's right until the game's in people's hands. You're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll be okay on the sequel. <laughs> with, with, with game length as well, Like I think it's worth kind of thinking about the impact of the indie scene as well of of how it's kind of perhaps shaping people's 
feeling towards mm. AAA game length and 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 you know as as people like get more more and more demanding of indie titles as well in terms of hours that they get from a game, which is something that we're very much aware of and think of, think about a lot. Um, you know, and to, when you think about how how expensive your game's going to be, and 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 also, I suppose, on the consumer side, some people, not everyone, but some people, do look at a game purchase and they think, well, how many hours of game am I getting back for ten pounds, for twenty pounds, for yeah. sixty pounds? You know, and I think so. It's 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 almost for me, it feels a bit like a to keep the Spider-Man thing going, like a web of you know in, interacting between experiences per cost. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, also thinking about kind of us getting a bit older and, and you know, the demands of adulthood on your time. I, I think that's one of the great things that indie games has really brought to gaming, which is that, you know, I can I can get that 20 minute, 30 minute, two hour experience um, and not feel like I'm missing content or I'm not playing the game as it's supposed to be played or um, I'm, you know, I'm wasting my time with something I can't fully invest in. You're mm. actually like, this is deliberately designed for, for this kind of experience, and that's great. It's not what everybody wants, but you know, it's out there, and it's it is often what we look for now as we have real jobs and real lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, very true. It's very true. Um, I think that's exactly what like indie games do that for me so beautifully. Yeah. Like that, that's the best place to go for going. I'm not going to have 50 hours over the next two months to chunk into a game. Like that's where the indie market's so good, right? It's. Well, I, I think like one of the best experiences I've had gaming wise was probably Florence that came yeah, out on, yeah. and, and that was amazing. And I, that's what maybe four, five hours. Mm. Might even be pushing that. Thinking about it, but that was perfect. That's one of my best gaming experiences of, of the last few years. The, and it wasn't about how long it was. This mm. also ties into the Switch really well, though, because the Switch, by very, the very definition of its design, is to, is is a kind of dive into console, right? You just pick it up, play a little bit, put it away. That's probably why the indie scene is thriving on there at the moment, because those games that I play most often on the Switch aren't the big, apart from Zelda, of course, uh, Breath <laughs> of the Wild. Um, the big ones that I play on there, that's they're all indie games they're all like mm-hmm. the ones that i can just play a little bit of here and a little bit of there they ju- it just suits the format really well and mm-hmm. suits the console yeah. so makes sense um it'd be interesting to see how uh how the the triple a scene goes forward with the game length because honestly i i'm not sh- I, you know because i'm not sure how the big titles can keep up the making games so long i just you know yeah. people don't want to play them as much or don't have the time uh, attention spans are shortening, you know. Budgets are increasing. It's it's an interesting mm-hmm. time. Should be should be interesting to see what happens going forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to put you guys on the spot, Sean and Dave, have you got anything, uh, any talking points that caught your attention recently? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you have put us on the spot. Um, uh... Well, mine was going to be Destiny Two, and we kind of covered mm-hmm. that. <laughs> okay, uh-huh. fair enough. All right. Yeah, <laughs> nicely done. Nicely done. Uh, no, I mean, I was I was racking my brains, and I mean, the I, I, for my sins, I play Hearthstone. So there's a new okay. uh, event coming out on Hearthstone that um, uh, that was going to be the one thing I was going to offer up. Um, but okay. we kind of covered the kind of stuff talking about episodic content and did, yeah. and things like that, anyways. The one that I'd maybe asked then, like if we're thinking about the topic we were on a second ago, because you mentioned the sort of like web of 
all the different things that go into it like that. And then we talked about like how they're going to kind of go forward and how we're going to keep making games this long. Like surely labor and cost and everything else has got to go into that as well, right? Like crunch cultures yeah. getting crunched out bit by bit. Mm-hmm. Like what? I don't know. I, I guess you guys as the developers could probably talk to like the amount of work that goes into that game, right? Like, what are you looking at for a game that's maybe like if I was to say a twenty-hour like that sort of little slice of Spider-Man game? Like, what even is your time frame in terms of investing into that? Yeah, I mean, you, you just you just see all the reports when a AAA game is released of all the all the well, we know about Crunch, but you can see the relief almost that the game is out there, right, from developers. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. That that can't be maintained. It can't. That culture it, just can't keep going, can it? I mean, yeah. Well, what, I mean, does that count? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. So you mentioned the Spider-Man. So like the the Spider-Man like kind of half sequel. So it's not an expansion, but it's not. It's like it's new thing, right? And I I don't mean half sequel in a bad way, like because I I'm with you guys. I, I like the idea of having a short Spider-Man game is great. Yeah. Um, like one of the reasons they're doing that is because once you've built the Spider-Man core engine like adding that additional content is going to be less work than tooling up a new engine from scratch. Yeah. So that's why you're seeing like the uncharted one as well was another example. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So if, if we were talking about like destiny two and I mean, actually really destiny two and Hearthstone are both perfect examples, right? Where they fall into this idea of a game as game as a service has become kind of a, a nasty thing to throw around on the internet, but like a game as a platform, I imagine that must be nicer to work on a little bit, right? Like once you've got the game built and the engine is there and you can mm-hmm. just sort of patch in your updates. Yeah, so this is the thing that's really... I forgot to say this, actually. One of the things about Destiny 2 is that they weren't in that position. So, like, they have, I don't think they've publicly said this, but, like, there's lots of people who have heard from people working at Bungie is that Destiny and Destiny 2 is a very difficult games to work with. So when they developed it, it it's... Just the way they developed it, probably in a rush to a deadline. The amount of time it takes them to add a new piece of content is way more than like it's more than it should be, uh-huh. and that has been why there's less. They've been adding less stuff. So what they've actually said, in, what they said this week, was that they're going to start removing content, and that's the only way they can get to a point where they can just release new stuff. Okay. Is that they need to actually remove some of this old stuff, get rid of it. And then that frees them up to 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 maybe get into a better cycle of working. Okay, that's mm. interesting. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, obviously it's apples and oranges, com- you know, comparing what we do to to what a AAA studio goes through. But it it feels, yeah, the the time and labor to to get anything up and running uh, is colossal. It's colossal. Mm. And and as we said earlier, kind of chatting around like how that's going to be into the future and how difficult it's going to be for AAA studios to continue um, to work under such difficult conditions. You know, um, I, I, it, it, seems, it seems, you know, I, I can't even imagine. It's yeah. unimaginable mm-hmm. to me how, how any of that works. And, and obviously it's just hundreds of employees doing like hundreds of hours per week kind of work. Mm-hmm. And that's, you're right, like I don't, I don't know how sustainable that is as an industry. Um, you know, you're already seeing suggestions that it's not pre- even pre pre-COVID. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, well, yes. Okay. Well, we'll uh, <laughs> put, putting the developer world's wrongs to right. Uh, that's what we like to do here on the Arcade Vaults podcast. 
Um, okay, on the back of those uh, discussions, uh, let's talk about our briefly talk about our recommendations of the week. So um, I haven't had a chance to play anything new this week, <laughs> so I haven't got any recommendations. I I, I finished Days Gone. I've I've done that. I've been there. I touched on Cuphead. I have been delving into my Switch a bit more, and uh, guess what popped up? I was looking at it going, oh, I should really try and actually get far in this. Cycle 28. Mm. <laughs> guess who developed Cycle 28? <laughs> um, uh, so, you know what? I'm going to recommend that because you guys, uh, I love that game. I do have some questions for you in a minute on that. Um, Tom, what's your recommendation of the week? Um, so we mentioned Deathloop earlier that it looks really interesting and really cool um and, and as well as a sort of recommended play i'd say recommended viewing as well um dishonored 2 like it's really great it's a really gorgeous game arcane a really good studio and uh got a little bit of kind of insight into how they develop and how they go about making that game as well um danny and the team at no club have done like a really good kind of comprehensive mm-hmm. documentary on that so it's worth checking out as well but yeah if you want an idea of what death loop is going to look it's kind of it looks a lot like death loop looks and you probably know what death Dishonored is, but uh, yeah. yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. It's a good game. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, Sean, Dave, you guys got any? Uh, I think you just touched on them, haven't you? Uh, your recommendations. Um, so me, it would be Command and Conquer. Okay. Like Command and <laughs> yeah. Conquer remastered. Touche. Touche. Yeah, yeah. Dave. Uh, well, for me, my my recommendation is something that we've been streaming a lot. Uh, I, I've been trying to find the perfect pub game. Okay. Uh, on PC, on Steam, like indie games that simulate that experience of being in a pub and or running a pub. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm I'm working through my list of that. It's quite a long list actually. It's more really? Than yeah, yeah. So I would have just, stopped and started with Tapper, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, what, what did, we played um, Tavern Tycoon last 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 okay. time I, I last time sean let me stream um, <laughs> so yeah if you're looking for a kind of like theme hospital-esque game on pc that just happens to be about a pub in a fantasy setting you can't okay. you, i mean that's a very niche thing you're looking for which is what i'm looking for right now but uh i can yeah, almost guarantee i know one person who <laughs> is listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, who, th- who will be very intrigued by the okay. idea of a virtual pub. And his name's Dave. Yeah, it's Dave, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, well, that's our recommendations of the week. Um, Cycle 28, uh, Command & Conquer, Dishonored 2, and what was it called again? Tavern Tycoon. Tavern Tycoon. I'm so old, I forgot everything we just spoke about in the last 20 seconds. There we go. All right. Um, so uh, we're going to hit our Q&A quickly. Uh, right. We haven't got any questions to the public this week because I've been really rubbish at promoting the podcast. But, what you know, get your questions into next week. Uh, we I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell you about our guests next week later on. Um, for now, we do have some questions for you guys, uh, very briefly, Pillbug. Um, right, so I'm going to just touch on Cycle 28. Uh, if anyone hasn't played it, it is a shooter set in space. There's a mystery behind it. It's really good. Uh, and I'm not just saying that to but you guys. I really enjoy it, but that's my personal bias. I like, I like shooters. You know, I'm a bit old school like that. Um, now, I, I've... I've known you guys since you first showed that game quite a while ago, and you told me there's a secret in that game, and 
that no one's found it and then someone found it i'm curious to know has anyone else found the secret it's a good question um we know other people have found it because they talk about it in our discord okay. so what what i suppose we aren't 100 percent sure on so the guy who found it initially and won the kind of prize we gave away what we were calling the pillbug golden ticket um because this the person who won uh has won all previous and we're all future pillbug games so okay, we send him price. everything that we're making basically and um uh so he he mailed us um and uh explained how we how we um found it and was enough to be sure that he didn't kind of cheat his way into the answer shall mm -hmm. we say um he was i mean I, and this was great actually but he was very carefully helpful in our discord community about how to how people might make the leap that he made to okay. get to to the answer and then a bunch of people did or did uh, did find the answer through i think really through their own work but also that extra helping kind of clue i suppose it was really okay um, that they had a way of thinking about something that they hadn't managed to do themselves so Short answer is yes, other people have found it. Long answer is I'm not sure they, if they would have necessarily done it without his help. that individual, yeah. Can, can I just say, how cool is it that you guys have made a game that there's a community talking about how to find a secret in it? That must be like such a buzz. I like, it must be so great that you've made something that, if I, if, oh, I, I touched on game development many years ago and if I had made a game and people played it and they were like, oh, it's just amazing. It's so cool. That is really cool. Um, on that note, uh, you guys are nominated for a BAFTA. Uh, how was how I, I, I always want to know what is it like going to an award ceremony like the BAFTAs? The, the scariest thing I've ever done. Like, really, I, I, I was freaking out massively before. Um, it's just like so many things I didn't understand. I didn't know what a like, what was it dinner like. Well, dinner suit. What was the other weird one we had at the party? Like the party was almost more scary. They just emailed uh, us the day before and said okay. it was like a loungewear. So no, it wasn't loungewear. It was, was it not loungewear. <laughs> it was evening wear. Yeah, uh, say, it's loungewear pajamas. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it was like it. You're right though. It was confusing. Like, and I guess it was part of that being in a different world, wasn't yeah. it? Like, I mean, it's the entertainment world that happened to have, um, you know, a, a games category. So, but that was ex it was expensive too, right, Sean? Like, both yeah. of us had to go out and buy. Uh, dinner jackets did you know no, proper, proper uh, yeah um and uh yeah it was it was it, uh, it was amazing like it was it was amazing like it, it it was just it was i just like standing next to that big golden face like <laughs> 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 it was was kind of photos on your yeah. website i've noticed um, <laughs> yeah yeah indeed what what game were you nominated for that was cycle 28 it was cycle 28 i yeah, thought so yeah, yeah. just to double yeah. check before i put my foot yeah. in it which i did anyway uh, <laughs> um uh yeah unfortunately uh you guys didn't win that year but uh, i have no doubt you will be uh in many future awards uh and you're gonna do well the game is good um do you get a goodie bag um yeah you can tell the story on this if you um, like. oh so, there's so, a story so, <laughs> well yeah, yeah we got a goodie bag so, so we went to that you got the goodie bag at the party so we okay. were at the party and um like at some point we decided we were going to go grab a drink at the dead canary like just like around the corner from where it was really nice um I don't know, cocktail bar in cardiff 
which mm-hmm. I hope they get through this. They're, it's amazing. They're amazing players. Um, but anyway, so so we, on the way out, they're like, okay, make sure you get get, get you need you need to have a goodie bag. You need to have a goodie bag, and we'll make sure we'll give you the men's goodie bag. And then they handed <laughs> okay. it to us, and um, then we started. You know, we were at the pub, and we 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 thought, oh, let's have a look what's in this goodie bag. And it was like nail polish. Um, what else was in there? There was like nail polish, like some some weird cuticle cream that you put Sun, on your cuticles. Sun, yeah, scented candle. Scented candles. Um, and then that was when we realized we had the, the, the women's goodie bag. Yeah. They had I mean, we were, yeah. Yeah, it, I know. It's like, bizarre. It was bizarre yeah. to think that, that they would, such an organization would, would genderize goodie bags. Was, That's, what? That's... Yeah, it was mind-blowing, really. Okay. Oh, the chocolates, though. They, they were like yeah, amazing the chocolates, chocolates were, good. Yeah, were incredible. Did you, um, did you end up getting a men's goodie bag? No. Oh. No. Um, but considering how much our partners put up uh, with for, for what yeah. we do for Pilberg, I think as, you know, a candle. Can't use the purse. Uh, no, no, <laughs> but she enjoyed the candle. So. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Uh, well, there you go. Exclusive news. Uh, if you didn't know about the the Baftas, now you yeah, with a little insight. Um, and you guys are working on a new game as well, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell us a bit about the new game. If you can, are you allowed okay, to? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yep, yep, no problem. Um, so it's a vehicle building game, uh, and you're a ladybug, and you're trying to get from one side of America to the other to be back in time for your daughter's birthday. Okay. So that's kind of like uh, that's the, that's our quick pitch on genre, story, <laughs> and slight oddity to it as well. So, um, but the longer form is that yeah, it's you are building this vehicle. Um, there's a blueprint mode, so you get to be as creative as possible whilst building this vehicle to to meet certain objectives. Um, and I suppose the big spin on it, the thing that people who have been getting to grips with it, uh, who have, have been commenting on, I suppose, is that as well as that kind of building and creativity that you might see in something like, I don't know, Besiege or um, other such kind of vehicle building games, um, uh, you actually platform around your vehicle as well okay. like, to make sure it keeps going. So it's a kind of a maintenance element. So, and like in early versions, that was a little bit more restricted. But in the current version, which we're really happy with, um, you get to mess around with everything, like including where walls are, where there's floors or ceilings. So your vehicle kind of becomes. Uh, a platform level that you're designing alongside keeping it running. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's 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 been a lot of fun to see people be creative with with that kind of setup. Yeah. Well, um, I'm hoping that I'll get to stream it soon uh, on the Arcade Vaults. Uh, I haven't done a solo stream yet, so I'm more concerned about that than embarrass myself playing the game. But I'll probably embarrass myself playing the game as well. Um, it does look interesting. Uh, it does look really good. Uh, do you have a release date yet? An official release date? Um, we're going to be releasing in early access on Steam in August sometime. Okay. That's we're shooting for then. That, that, that's our kind of current aim. Okay. Um, cool. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Keep an eye yeah. out for it. Mm-hmm. Or uh, yeah, Tom, have you got anything you'd like to ask the guys? Uh, Putting you on um... the spot now. <laughs> yeah, put me on the spot a little bit. I, I like putting people on the spot today. This one thing. <laughs> I mean, so you guys are Cardiff based, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're also lecturers mm-hmm. as well as kind of Pilberg and stuff. So, I mean, you're, you're probably good people to ask because obviously at the arcade vaults, we do bits and pieces with the local development community and we've had game jams and stuff like that. 
Um, so I was wondering, yeah, like just what's what's it like being a developer in in Wales, in Cardiff, in this scene? I mean, I imagine oh, I don't question. know what it is that you guys kind of teach and stuff, but if it's video game development as well, then I imagine, I mean, from any kind of young students, you probably see all kinds of creativity anyway. But just sort of what that's like, I guess. And um, great, like is is the kind of one word answer, um, and and a lot from the stuff that you guys put on. Uh, to be honest, like we've met so many people through like the Arcade Vault events. Ever since we came to that first one in the church, I can't the remember gate. where it was. Is that the gate? Yeah, yeah, the gate. Yeah, the gate yeah. Mm-hmm. and like there's people there that we met on that event that, like, we, you know, we played a game on there. We streamed the other night, and like the developer came along. Is it Arwen? Anoon. Uh, uh, yeah. Anoon. Yeah, is is a great great game. Um, if you like kind of puzzler games by by a guy in in, in Wales, um, Quantum Soup made mm-hmm. that. Ah, uh, yeah, Chris um, Payne. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it like I think for me, like the one thing about doing this in Wales is like how warm the community is. Yeah. Like like how the amount of support that we got when we released Cycle 28 was just like that blew both our minds. Like like that stuff. Um, and yeah, it's just really nice. Like I wish like we both struggle because we're lecturers as well, like mm-hmm. having the time to come to the meetups and stuff. Um, but we try to when we can. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll try and resume them when uh, this is all but uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure uh, I'm sure a lot of the uh, Games Wales community miss uh, the meetups. Um, like you say, it's a small community, but it's it's vocal and it's strong and it's 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 always growing. And I think mm-hmm. I think we're at a point where we could really grow it really well. Um, one of the things that everyone was really excited about with Cycle Twenty Eight in particular was that. I think you were one of the first what we would consider like local local indie developers that broke onto the Switch, and it was a big deal. We were all like, "You got on the Switch? This is amazing!" This Nintendo, like, which seems like they're this giant impenetrable fortress, and you guys had like battled through and got your game on there. And I'm sure it's not the case at all. I'm sure it's not judging, especially by the number of indie titles that are on there. Uh, But still, it's just amazing that someone local had done it. So it's a really really cool thing that you managed Mm -hmm. managed to do that. Really, really impressed. Yeah, and it 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 was something that um, I guess that's probably the thing we've had the most questions about from from kind of the local Welsh or the Welsh development scene is is you know how how did that happen? How did you you you, you know how was that achieved? And 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 we're obviously super um, open and and ha- and try to be as helpful to anyone uh, that asks. Um, but I suppose I think part of it as well, I suppose, is a bit about timing, a bit about luck. And, you know, we were there um, applying for that just about the time um, where that indie scene on Switch really exploded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on your opinion, kind of maybe got a little bit out of hand, um, Who you know, depending on your your perspective. But, um, it you know, I would say it wasn't as difficult as that impenetrable fortress might suggest and i and i think that's probably true of of other console systems as well it's Mm -hmm. not straightforward it was a lot of work Mm. but you know it's not impossible you know you can do it you know Mm. um you know it's added to our workload no doubt like Mm. there's no doubt about it um but uh it's doable i guess it kind of reminds me of uh what it was like to get on the apple store back in the early days through the Apple, you know, procedures. Um, I, yeah. I, I imagine it's similar. Um, it, yeah, like the idea of going, like you, you're so used to just being on Steam where you kind of upload a build and like they click a button 
like yeah. they maybe play it for a few minutes whereas like when you're going on a console there's a whole set you go through yeah. very specific requirements and 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 that's even like so just the development side is one thing and then there's the business side of things which was we learned so much like i mean yeah. like, you're working with like particularly with nintendo you're working with essentially three companies because Nintendo of America, Nintendo of Europe, Nintendo of Japan are different companies. Uh, so you end up actually doing stuff with all three. Well, we're not in Japan, so we're like with two of them. Yeah. And yeah, like so that was like everything was twice. It's you doubled, your, twice. doubled your you workload. Do, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. And yeah. different people, like there's different terms and conditions in different regions. Oh. I think that the, the basically, without getting too boring yeah. and inside baseball about it, the, the, the thing is, I think if you're organized and you've got a kind of a bit a more business like approach to it or someone on your team does if it's not if you're more creative or whatever you know that will really stand you in good stead when you move to try and get your game beyond something like steam sure um and i yeah that would be one thing i'd definitely say okay oh cool and uh new game on nintendo switch or is that top secret yet you're not allowed to say anything um i think we can be honest about it yeah 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 yeah, you be honest I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to say that at the moment, the answer is, the answer is, is we're not planning it at the moment. Okay. But it depends on how it performs on Steam. So it, okay. there's so so like one of the things that, like so the, uh, the Nintendo Store is quite, like is it's hard to get seen on that store. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's the yeah. the thing you hear people could, like a lot of indies complain about Steam as as being like algorithm driven and like there's so much stuff coming out on Steam. But actually, Steam is the best place for an indie indie studio to get discovered. Okay. Because the algorithm is the best platform for discovering games, as as much as like you you see people say that it isn't, but it just is. Sure. And so people, unless you've got a marketing budget, getting your face, getting it's it's one thing to be on Switch, but it's another thing to actually get noticed and actually get on the storefront. Yeah, um, I can imagine. So like, Steam is a is a place to build that following. And then if yeah. you've got that big enough, then it makes sense to put all the work into porting to Switch. Yeah, um, uh, makes sense. And I, I think that's that's kind of the way we look at it. Um, ah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Oh, look at that little uh, little insight for uh, our viewers and listeners. That's uh, really thank- thanks, guys. I appreciate that. No and thanks worries. for being on today and uh, telling us all about that. Um, we'll uh, we'll post links up again to uh, your website and uh, your streams and everything. Thanks. Um, thank you. And I think uh, all thanks for being on. Um, right, uh, I'm just going to um, start finishing up in a bit. I'm just going to touch on what's happening in the arcade vaults. Right, so coming up uh, in the arcade vaults, nothing really major. We are still streaming. Uh, so Monday night we have uh, a new game we're playing. We're playing Castle Crashes. Crashes? Castle Crashes, depending on what part of the world you're in. Um, and on Wednesday, uh, to celebrate the imminent, 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 imminent launch. I shouldn't have said that. He's going to forget it. Stuck. Uh, the, the upcoming launch of uh, <laughs> The Last of Us 2, uh, uh, we're going to be playing the original Last of Us Factions, which is the online version. Now, Tom and I are definitely going to be on there. And we might be able to persuade some of the other members of the team to come in there as well. So it should be interesting. I have never played it before. Uh, Tom, I don't think... Have you played it before? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, it's weird, like that and Uncharted 4. You forget that they even have multiplayer mode. Yeah. But no, they're, they're fun. They're yeah. a blast. I've heard, I've heard it's fun, so we'll be playing that. Um, the uh, the Arcade Vault itself uh, was still uh, not opening uh, our doors yet. Uh, even when retail is going to be opening up across the whole country, we probably won't be able to open until the cafes, bars, leisure sector opens. But... There might be some other things happening, so keep an eye out on social media. Um, and we will still be streaming. And next week's podcast will be going up. Uh, this week's podcast will be going up, uh, as usual. Next week's podcast will be going up next week. <laughs> That's a non-redundant statement. But next week we'll also be having, hopefully, on uh, uh, a guy called Andrew who uh, runs Arcade in Glasgow, which is a venue very similar to the Arcade Vaults. And uh, who was, they do similar things to us, and I won't lie, they did inspire our use of uh, us, us, our noodle bar. Um, <laughs> they know this. Uh, he's going to be coming <laughs> on to talk about games and uh, what they're doing up in Glasgow and uh, and other things like that. Um, uh, we have still got our Patreon as well. Uh, if you guys like to would like to go and check that out please do tell your friends uh, it helps support the arcade vaults while we're shut and helps us create this content and helps us make other content too which you will soon see i promise <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh i think that's it for announcements um the guys from Pillbug here we've moved down this corner now mm-hmm. uh they uh, are also streaming uh we'll post their links up in the description uh for this podcast and yeah, that's kind of uh, that's kind of it for this week. Um, so, uh, any other business? Anyone? Anything to talk about? It's a lot of information. You know, when, when is it you guys stream? What day of the week is it normally? Or what's uh, your we stream, schedule for streaming normally? Uh, Tuesdays at eight. Tuesdays at eight. Tuesdays at eight. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Magic. Oh, and this week actually is really. When's this podcast go? Maybe it goes, too late. <laughs> it, it, it'll be. It should be out on Monday. People should be seeing it uh, on Monday. Okay, so like tomorrow. Tomorrow, yes. Okay, yeah. So tomorrow, in real time, like <laughs> Tuesday, this Tuesday, uh, it's the Steam Festival this week. Oh, um, okay. Which is like a lot of games that are coming out this year uh, have got like a thing. They're all Valve is kind of doing a for E3, um, and so we'll be streaming making it home this week. And okay. our and Jordan, who wrote the music, is going to be with us as well. Special awesome. guest. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> okay. All right. That's that's this Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Great. All right. Thanks very much, guys. All right. So um, that's it for this week's podcast. Uh, we've rambled on for quite a while because there was a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, thanks, everyone. Thanks, Sean and Dave, for coming along this week. Thanks for having and, us. Thanks yeah. for having us, Chris. Yeah. All right. And thanks, Tom. Um, we shall chat more next week about The Last of Us, probably. Something else as well. Probably the last of us, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Bye. See you, Bye. guys.